0: I'm Elise Erlowski, a senior video director
1: here at Kramer. And I'm Trip Underwood, a creative director at Kramer.
0: And at Kramer, we work with so many incredibly fascinating people from all over multiple industries.
1: We have so many great conversations, many that are just too good to keep to ourselves. So now we're sharing them with the world. Right here from Kramer Studios. This is Pivot Points. As we've been doing a couple of these episodes, we've really kind of talked big picture about the shape of things to come for events and whatnot. But today yep. we're going to dive down a little bit into more specific area of a particular style event, and that is Investor Days. Investors,
0: good. Yeah, I've never done anything for an investor I day. So I am very curious.
1: personally worked on an investor day before, nor do I have the capital to invest <laughs> in anything. So I'm not the target audience in term of subject matter expert, but I'm a good subject because I need to be educated on this. So today we're excited to have Idalia Rodriguez, a partner and senior advisor with the Arbor Advisory Group. Uh, she's awesome. Decades of experience as a corporate investor and public relations officer, and she offers strategic counsel to private and public companies both. Um, and she's also just an expert on creating and executing a really successful investor days, which is what we're going to be focused on. And as we yeah. mentioned, you and I could use a little brushing up on. <laughs> so uh, without without delaying it any further, thank you so much for joining us today. Great. Thank you for having me.
0: Hello. Welcome. Thank you for being on Pivot Points. I think we're going to have a great discussion today.
1: Lot to cover, lot to learn. I'm That's looking forward damaged. to
0: it. <laughs> yes. So I am I think starting off, I'm, you know, starting off investor days, you know, everything has become virtual over this past year. I'm curious, what do Investor Days look like from a virtual perspective?
2: Well, they they look, they're all over the place right now. I think uh, we need to, as an industry, have some best practices. Um, some companies have done an amazing job at creating Investor Days. Many continue to uh, produce Investor Days very similar to a live event. Uh, And I don't mean that in a positive way. I mean that. Not interpreting it for
0: for virtual.
2: Exactly. Mm -hmm. The interpretation for virtual is not happening. I think, you know, the old fashioned way of standing up at a hotel ballroom on a stage with your slides next to you Mm -hmm. with a clicker in a suit are gone. I think um, that experience was flat. At that time, and it's even more flat mm. when you're t- trying to transfer that to the virtual format. Uh, you know, f- for us, we feel that companies need to think of an investor day as an investor experience. Mm-hmm. It should be like if you have a new product and you're gonna you're gonna launch that product. There's a storyline, right? Mm. Without product, there's the beginning, the middle, the end. And that's how investor days need to be need to be th- need to be thought as uh, going forward. Uh, even if you go hybrid, which I think, you know, what we're seeing for in our firm is that companies are thinking, in in popu- in places like the East Coast, where a big percentage of the population has been vaccinated, um, mm-hmm. that they will do it in person and they will do it virtual. But it's not just having a live stream of your CEO speaking with a clicker and a, and a big slide. Um, It needs to be an experience. It needs to be videos. It needs to be animated graphics. It it needs to show the entire management team. It needs to be a tech talk with your investors. Mm. It's communicate with me, tell me your story and make it compelling. Right. And and that's yeah.
1: how they need to transition. More production value, more, you know, traditional marketing approach for this very specific idea, because you are asking people to give a very lot of, you know, just like you would a, a typical consumer or customer. You're asking them to invest in your brand this time, yeah. specifically, very literally. So you want to create an experience that's going to get them excited about it. So oh, that makes definitely. that makes total sense. And, and you and. Prior to the pandemic, what were some things, you you kind of mentioned things feeling a little flat. Do you mind exploring that a little bit? Like walk me through what the traditional investor day looked like and why you think it's kind of starting to miss the mark or at least where it's welcome in a a 2021 audience. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, for most, um, I think the majority of public companies feel that it's all about messaging, right? Mm So you send up and you speak to your investors. Yep. But so that I think that's always been far, fairly flat. You have you know, you have the production company sitting in the back of the room just filming the event. Mm-hmm. And in some cases not even it wasn't even filmed. It was just an audio feed, right? Oh, wow. okay. So, oh wow. okay. Right. So you you don't you're not even making a connection to your investor who's watching this, who's listening to you. You're just it's just your voice over with maybe the benefit of slides, which are all for the most part always included. Uh, And that was, I think for me, I always felt like for investor days, there was an element that was missing, which is having a very highly produced event. The challenge is that companies just didn't wanna invest. I mean, if you, a lot of companies do investor days in New York,
0: <laughs> right?
2: Right, exactly. They do investor days in New York City, and as you as you well know, investor days in New York City are really, really expensive. Yeah, I think a quarter of a million dollars is a very easy number to hmm. drop. At you know at regardless of your venue, you know, it's just, and it goes from there. So there's sensitivity about spending money. And if you, uh, if you're going to add then the production value of a production company with video, with B-roll, in every, on your coast, customers remotely showing your capabilities, mm-hmm. then that adds to obviously to, to the,
1: to the, the price cost, point.
2: Right. Um, you know, what we're telling on clients is this is, you do this event every 18 months, every two years. And you you know think of it as an investment in your in your in your storyline, yeah. and give it the resources that it needs, both financial and human resources that you need to make sure that this event is executed flawlessly. Because you can take this event and use it in so many ways, right? You can yeah, it's not a moment for purposes time. for hiring, right? There's just It's a do it properly. Investment. It exactly becomes an investment, not only in your story, but you can use it in so many ways across your company.
1: What What are your clients' reaction when you say that? Do, do, do they buy into it? Do their jaws drop it? The idea of trying to rethink something they've done for if it ain't broke, don't fix it kind of mm. mentality? Like, where, where Are you seeing pushback? Are people open to that idea of, of upping the production value and making it more entertainment and, and experience-focused?
2: Yeah, I think that they are thinking of that it needs to be different um some the, what the interesting feedback that i hear really often is we're not a fancy company we're not so, apple wow. we're not we're yeah.
0: not introducing the new iphone
2: <laughs> like if you watched uh, the michael's investor day which was done at their prototype store that was beautifully executed I in any way, shape, or form that wasn't fancy. That was just a very sophisticated event. Mm -hmm. That was very beautifully produced. If you look at the Disney event, that was done in studio. Obviously, Disney's a production company, Mm -hmm. so not everybody has those resources. But for me, that wasn't fancy either. That was just a company putting their best foot forward. Yeah, you know the just well executed. uh, Tractor Supply did in um, their third quarter earnings. Last year, where they in the middle of the pandemic, where they ter- it was sort of an investor event, and it was done in a studio, and it wasn't a fancy event, but it was it was sophisticated, it was well produced, it was it told the story, they you know it, it was just it was it was simple in a really really good way, right? Mm. You know, sort of like it. Didn't have a lot of bells and whistles, but it was just beautifully
1: executed. Right. And
2: they're very, those three events are all very different, mm-hmm. but all done extremely well in very different ways.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a great point. The idea of just because you can't afford Pyrotechnics and circus performers, or that's off-brand. Doesn't mean that you can just dial it in. There is a. That's not the
0: only type of production. Right. (laughs) There is a very
1: fine line between um, sophisticatedly subtle and poorly put together. Mm -hmm, You know, and mm -hmm. I think you never want to be on the other side of poorly put together, regardless. And with some of the advances we've seen in technology, um, it's much easier to do high level execution than it was in in previous years as technology has gotten better um, speaking to, to something you said earlier i 'm very curious to you know you talked a little bit about one of the big barriers to putting on a a bigger uh, investor day would be the cost of venues, particularly in some of our major major u s cities. With hybrid events becoming more the norm and uh, technology connecting people, as you and I are talking from two different cities now as we speak, getting better, I feel like that presents a really great opportunity for people to say just because you can't afford a ballroom in New York City doesn't bar you from doing this altogether. Yeah,
0: there's more creative options to create, like, more... Dynamic experiences.
1: A hundred percent. Just curious to see if you could see that kind of um, permeating the market a little bit more to to expand the type of investment days that you see and where they're done from.
2: In twenty twenty two, companies are going. I think they should, not that they have to, right? Um, have a, a hybrid event that has the same that has the same quality as a as a well produced event. Mm-hmm. In person and virtually, I think for me, it, somebody to come from uh, California and spend forty-eight hours in New York to go to one event. Now, most investors who do that kind of trip will have other meetings. You know, they're just not going to come in for one event. But most, right. but just traveling from London, um, from any part of the world to come to New York to see an event, when you know you can really tell your story so well virtually. I feel it's unnecessary or a minimum you should have you should have both mm-hmm. because what we're finding is that for some of our events that we've done, we had a 100 people in a ballroom 200. When you do it virtually, you get 600 people. We just did we, we worked on on Haynes and they had a thousand people mm, Wow.
1: wow. And that's the goal a cat Cast a yeah, wide and net, it was, get people interested, right? Exactly. So why and would you cut yourself off exactly. at the
2: knees? And it, employees were invited. So employees um, listened in oh, and they were a part of that number. But if you watch the Starbucks day, that was also done virtually. And I think they had over 800 people. Don't quote me that. That was done about a year ago. Uh, but it's you really reach an, an, an a wider audience? And I think that's worth that investment.
0: When you're having those conversations with your clients, I think what really helps them to see beyond like, it's going to look good. What helps them really understand that like they need to invest and need to increase, you know, the production value ultimately. Is it
1: like a you got to spend money to make money, like the old adage there. Yeah, I'm curious it...
0: what those conversations are like.
2: The conversation is if you want to, if you want to set yourself apart from everybody else, mm-hmm. you need to do better right, right. I mean there's uh, I think a portfolio manager is looking at 125 companies he's not investing or she on all 125 but he's investing in a portion of those and he's keeping an eye on the rest mm-hmm. if you're if your investor day has a very clear message and you've spent the resources, to really deliver your story in a really compelling way Mm
1: -hmm.
2: where you're showing the breadth of your company through, you know, imagery, videos, every resource that you can use to tell your story, that's going to have more impact than someone who's just standing with a clicker Mm -hmm. with slides doing a live stream, which is what I consider to be that that flat look. And if you take the time to introduce the rest of your management team to that portfolio manager, right? The president of sales, you know, the head of marketing, this all can be accomplished virtually, right? Uh, where you can bring people virtually from, we've had clients bring people in from London, right? From South America, from Mexico. And to, you know, to give your audience access to that management yeah. team without having to fly any anyone over um, it, it's it's the, uh, there's the value, and that's what we tell them. And I also, you know, the advice we give is you need to have. You need to look like you care. Yeah. And when you care about your investors, you give them a very good product. Right. Oh yeah. And that needs an investment.
1: It also gives them an opportunity to see. What they're investing, you know, you're not investing in a logo. You're not investing in a slide that shows a growth trajectory. You're investing in a leadership team, and in some cases, a, a, the company down below that you can trust to create the product, service, whatever it is you're thinking about investing in, and take it to that next level. And I think having that that breadth of understanding of who is running this company that I'm thinking about investing in just makes a more personal connection. And, and in my case, if I had that kind of capital would would make me feel um, a lot more trusting about and a lot more secure in my decision than watching a single presenter in a slide, as you mentioned. Um, I'm a little bit curious. So you're a communications expert and a financial expert, which I'm incredibly jealous of because I can do communications okay, but money is not, <laughs> I get an allowance from my wife. Like, it's not really, not, I'm not allowed to pay the bills because then they'd all get to forgot. So I'm always very jealous of people that can understand numbers and uh, words at the same time. Um, unpack for me a little bit about this audience. Like, we've already talked about we, they want to hear more stories and something like that, but like, w- when reaching out to an investor audience, what are some things I need to think about as someone that might be one day creating content for this kind of event? Mm, that's a great question.
2: So the audience for this investor Today is uh, you are located in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So think of Fidelity, right? Yeah. Who's in, in your doorstep there. Okay. So they manage trillions of dollars. And you know that you have someone like a Fidelity, a BlackRock, very, very large names to a small hedge fund that's managing $200 million. Okay. This audience needs to, and this is the audience that's looking at many investments to invest in. So you're one of, Many, many, many companies, thousands of public companies, right, are competing for that money. So the clearer your storyline is and the better your message, the better is the chance that that investor is going to take an interest in your story.
0: So it's really like that that company proving to those investors that like they're worth it
1: and that like... Catching their eye with everything else. Exactly. It's giving.
2: It, make sure that your message is very clear. Mm-hmm. Investors don't like complex stories because it requires an incredible amount of energy mm-hmm. to understand. You know, to to understand a complex story. So make sure you're transparent. Make sure your story is very clear, and make sure that the investor understands that you have breadth of management. That it's you know like not just one or two CEO and the CFO speaking. That something you know like diverse representation happens. Right. So, God forbid something happens to the CEO. You know that there's a whole management team who can run this company. Uh, And I think there's that comfort that that investors want from companies that not only are companies well run, they have a breath the breath of management. And investors want to see that management team.
1: What would you say is the I I love that first that I I mean, it's it's very similar to other events we do. Everything everything you said does not seem very specific to this industry. Be open and and clear in your messaging because complexity no one has time for Mm -hmm. and just try to humanize what it is you're talking about, which which I think is great Um, talking about specifics. What about timing for these things? Like, how long would you say an ideal one should that's last? Uh, both in person and virtual, we've seen the the attention span on virtual in a lot of industries is is much shorter. We're finding than than it was for live. So we've kind of shifted that way. Curious uh, if that's the same for this industry where there is so much on the line. So to speak. Oh yeah, yeah. I you know
2: I've been watching a lot of these events for the past year and a half mm-hmm. and uh i think two and a half hours seems to be a good spot okay is
0: that for a virtual know, think... or live
2: both okay yes in order to do an event that it's a four or five hour event you you that means that you have a lot to say and you have a lot of news mm. and you have some really critical information that you need all that time to communicate but two and a half hours three hours uh, it's a good spot. I, that seems to be the average these days when I mm-hmm. look at these events uh, with a break so people can, you know, have time to of course. stop and check email, text coming in. Recharge. Uh, but recharge, you know, you, you need to give people a break from, mm-hmm. from, from from the screen.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm curious kind of looking forward because I think hybrid is such like a magnum opus. We don't always know what's going on, but I'm curious, like, You've seen, you know, the benefits of a live in-person investor day. You've kind of seen how it's been executed virtually. I'm curious as to what do you think the future of like invest, hybrid investor days looks like or what, you know, some inv- some investor days could benefit from being virtual yeah. rather than being live?
2: Yeah, I think the benefit of being live is seeing that management team in person and being able to shake her hand or, or his hand, right? I think the human touch is something that was was very missed during the pandemic, yeah. right? Uh. It's just, so I think that's still, holding an event live still holds. I think that's having people in the room when it's safe and being able to have, look at the management in the eye, it's critical. Mm-hmm. But I think because the pandemic forces to go virtual so drastically, We, you know, after a month, you, you build a habit, right? We were at it for over a year. So I think there is an expectation that you're going to provide that experience virtually. And we recommend it. I think Mm -hmm. the fact that you can have uh, a wider audience, Uh. it's just worth it right there. The fact that you can just showcase people from all over the world who work for you is important, the fact that you can do video—I mean, there's just the the virtual world just woke up this very mm-hmm. sleepy event that nobody that's been done the same way for years. Yeah. So I think there has to be um, a a really great mix of having this hybrid and in person, where both audiences are going to benefit
1: equally.
0: Yeah, it opens kind of like. It became a problem, but now it seems like it's opening up a huge box of opportunities to be able to, you know, create a more dynamic experience.
1: Yeah, it's mean, just that idea of engaging people. And I think as we all become more um, used to on-demand content as well, I think that's another great thing because we are talking about, you know, some of the, as you said, the these, the these the target audience for this are very busy people and the chance that they might not be able to make it to this one particular day is very real, but the idea that they can then at least have some sort of touch point with that audience going forward, I imagine would just be a huge boon to to getting getting in front of the right people.
0: Yeah, definitely. I'm curious, Idalia, you know, like kind of as we're wrapping up here, what would be kind of your big thing to clients? Like, when you're we trying to convince to like invest in your investor day, what would be like your big thing to say to them beyond just like invest to invest, but like, what would you really say in order, you know, looking hybrid, you know, being able to like even reach a wider range of people. I'm curious what you would say to people kind of now investing in hybrid. Cause it's just so new. I'm sure some clients are going to be like, I don't know if I want to invest in that. Yeah. What would you say to them?
2: It's the wider reach it's been able to reach more minds, right? More investors, investors, you know, there's, you know, there's, I think a trillion dollars or more invest, investing, being invested in Midtown Manhattan. Now that was before the pandemic that was probably changed, but big money but there's also there's yeah there's money all over the world not just in manhattan because we tend to be very focused in manhattan because Mm -hmm. there's you know there's so much money to invest in there but i think for me it's the reach is having that wider reach and it's being able to use other elements to tell your story Mm -hmm. Uh, and for me that's worth sort of investing the extra financial resources to make sure that you are delivering that really clear message and that you reach a a wider audience. I mean, if if you think about publicly traded companies, they have four quarterly calls a year, Mm -hmm. which are when they're speaking to their financials for each quarter. And then they do this investor days every two years. Mm -hmm. Those are really the only times, because when you go to a conference, you're limited to a certain audience. When you take this event and you take it, you do it in a ballroom, but you also take it out of the ballroom. Now you just opened up yourself to so many opportunities. And I think that's worth that extra investment. And that's we're advising our clients to go in that direction.
0: Yeah. This is such an eye-opening conversation. I'm really excited to Start working on some investors. Dis-
1: yeah, for, for someone like Kramer, for a production company that, as you said, not traditionally this is a field that where people really haven't put a lot of necessarily creative thought yeah. into. For people like or don't at see least, the
0: necessity of it, right? Yeah,
1: for, for us that are more on the creative side, this is just another opportunity, another industry that we can kind of go and and, and play in, and and to do it with and a with group. a strategic focus yeah. as well. Yeah, it's exciting.
0: Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Idalia. This is, again, like we said, a very eye-opening conversation, and we're so happy to have you today.
1: Yeah, appreciate all your insight. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was my pleasure trillion dollars in a four block radius. Yes,
0: I know. I wish we knew about this sooner. We could have business. more creativity. <laughs> we
1: can, we can pull our lunch money, invest the 575 that we have. Yeah, between yeah, the yeah. Two.
0: But no, I think this is, a, this is, that was so insightful because I think we often go into these um, kind of any event, right? Like you need, it needs to be engaging. It needs to be well-produced, but I think with this specifically, you know, investment and there kind of being this like literal money on the line, just having a very strategic focus, too, about, like, how to use creativity in order to tell a brand story so that they can get investors. I think that's fascinating. Yeah, it's
1: it's certainly not unique to this industry. And I'm I'm actually personally very surprised to hear that people are still reluctant to that. Like, that to me has just become such a big part of corporate communications, regardless of B2B, B2C, whatever it is you're doing, that, you know, we were both in the industry a few years ago when storytelling was everywhere. To, to mm-hmm. hear that that's just now kind of making its way into this incredibly lucrative, oh yeah, uh, section of, of the business of, world. Tons is, of um, It's exciting. It's yeah. Exciting. I, I'd love to to try to, to get one. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Do well, my homework. Make sure I get my allowance first. For my
0: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Speaking of allowance, I think we've allowed our time to be here has come to an end. <laughs> But like we say always, thank you so much for listening to Pivot Points, and we'll see you next time.